0: This message is presented to you by Pastor David Lambert and Exceed Life Church in Virginia Beach, Virginia. For more information, visit ExceedLifeChurch.org. Praise God. We are in a series. And I hope you're getting some revelation in this series. Hallelujah. And the title of it is Fight the Good Faith Fight. And uh, I'm telling you, uh, I think if you're going to uh, get anything in this life that's worth having... Uh, you're going to have to fight for it. Can I get a witness in the house today? Yes. And it, you know anything that, that you're going to try to obtain or to accomplish in this life, it's going it's to take some, some intestinal fortitude. It's going it's to take us digging deep. It's going to take us fighting the good fight of faith. Look at your neighbor and say, fight the good fight of faith. Amen. And we know that Paul... Well, we, we, we discovered in the series that Jesus and Paul are faith fighters. Yes, and, so, and so we fight the good fight of faith. And we we're discovering in the series that the fight of faith is a lot has to do with how we think and what we say. And these things can determine the outcome and the outflow of our lives. Let's look at 1 Timothy 6 and 12. And this is our foundational scripture. This is the Apostle Paul, and he's saying, Fight the good fight of faith, lay hold on eternal life, to which you were also called. Amen. We're called to the eternal life. I like to say this we're called to the abundant life. God is calling us to have the abundant life. And he said, You are called, uh, he said, to which you were called. And notice it says, And have confessed the good confession. In the presence of many witnesses. I'm going to say this to you this morning. People are listening to what you are saying. Not only people are listening, but angels are listening. Demons are listening. Uh, the whole uh God and, and the Holy Spirit's listening. Jesus is listening. And we got to be careful what we say. And we got to be Careful on, on how we say things. Amen. And, and I love this in second, it, 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 drop it down to 13. It says, I urge you in the sight of God who gives life to all things before Christ Jesus and witness the good confession before Pontius Pilate. And we found this and we discover that Jesus is a faith fighter. And the way Jesus fights is with the sword of his mouth. And the way we're going to fight in this day is with the sword of our mouths. Amen? And we discovered that Jesus uh, had a good confession in the presence of Pontius Pilate. In that day where they were going to crucify Jesus, Jesus had no fear. And I'm telling you, when you make a good confession of faith, and you believe your confession of faith, you will have no fear in your equation. And I'm telling you, speaking the right words, uh, you know, uh, you know it's, it's believing in your heart and confessing with your mouth. Now, you know, I've been meditating on that. I'm thinking, what comes first, the chicken or the egg? You know, did God create the chicken or the egg? Well, we know he created the chicken first. Amen. Uh, but what comes first, believing or confession? Do we confess and then we, after confessing, do we start to believe Or do we believe before we confess? I think it's a combination. I think the more you confess something, the more you're going to believe it. So the more we confess, you know, the promises of God's word, you're going to believe what you say. Amen. And we got to get a revelation of that. Now, now the first key to, to fighting the good fight of faith is laying hold of eternal life. And laying hold of its eternal life is, means grabbing the promises of God and not letting go until you see the manifestation of the promise in your life. See, I'm, I'm not looking at quitters out here. I'm looking at victors. I'm looking at people that aren't going to just you know, throw in the towel at the first sign of adversity. I'm looking at people that's going to fight through until and hold on until you see the promise. And so laying hold of eternal life means grabbing the promises of God and, and not letting go. I, I love the uh, scripture in Revelation uh, 3, 10, and 12. Let's look at, this, uh, at these scriptures here. And I love this because this really reveals to you about holding on to the things of God, it says here because uh, this is uh, I, this is part of the the, the verse. It's not it, it, it's it. Jesus uh, had uh, seven churches that he exhorted and that he rebuked uh, uh, in, in the book of Revelation. One of the churches is, is uh, uh, the the book uh, the the church of the Philadelphia church, and I I I, I like to pray over this church that we're liking, like the Philadelphia church. It was one of the very, there's only two churches Jesus did not rebuke, and the Philadelphia church was not the church that he rebuked. He commended. And I want our church to be a church that Jesus commends. But I'm going to drop down here in verse 10, and he says, Because you have kept my commandment to preserve, I also will keep you, from the hour of trial, which shall come upon the whole world to test those who dwell on the earth. Now, I'm going to stop here for a second. And see, when you focus on this, he said, because you kept my commandment to persevere. See, you're going to have to persevere in this faith fight. You're going to have to persevere. And he said, because you kept my commandment, to persevere when things were coming at you to try to get you to let go. He said, I'm going to keep you from the hour of trial which shall come upon the whole world to test those who dwell on the earth. What does that mean? I, I believe what that means is that the hour of trial is the great tribulation. And, 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 and Jesus is going to make an appearance to the church and then he's going to make an appearance to the world. The appearance to the church is the rapture of the church. And if you're, going to, if you're going to go up in the rapture, because I don't know if everybody's going up, every Christian's going up in the rapture, because it says here that you've got to be a persevering Christian. It says here that you have to persevere and you have to keep God's word even to the end. That we can't be giving up and throwing in the towel. We can't, you know, your life better be closer to God at the end of it than at the beginning. We should be getting closer to God Every day that we live this life. And he says, he said, because you're personally, I'll keep you from the hour of trial, which shall come upon the whole world to test those who dwell on earth. Behold, I am coming quickly. You know, Jesus is coming quickly. His, his coming is imminent. He, you know, we, we need to, like I said, when we get up, we don't need to be looking for the Antichrist. We need to be looking for Jesus Christ. Some people are caught up with all the end times. And I'm not, and I'm not uh, against end time teaching. And, and that's great. But don't get so caught up on the Antichrist. Get, stay focused on Jesus Christ. And he'll keep you centered, glory to God. And he says here, hold fast what you have. Notice this, that no one may take your crown. This is powerful. He's saying hold fast what you have that nobody... Takes your crown. So what does that mean? There's a possibility that the enemy can take your crown from you. Oh, man, is there a possibility? There's a possibility for the enemy to work against us to make us give up on faith. make, Make us give up on God. Make us go back to our old life. Make us go back to the old things and old ways that we used to do. The, the, the enemy's trying to get some of us to go back. And the Bible says that God is not pleased with those that fall back. And so he says here that no one may take your crown. He, now notice this. He says, he who overcomes, I will make him a pillar in the temple of my God. And he shall go out no more. And I'll write him the name of my God and the name of the city of my God of New Jerusalem, which comes down from heaven from uh, from my God, and I will write on him my new name. I love that because, listen, there's always a promise and a blessing to our obedience. There's always a promise and a blessing to us walking with God. Two of the scriptures that that will help us not to allow our crown to be taken. First one is Hebrews 10.23. See, you've got to guard your life. The Bible says, guard your heart, for out of it flows the issues of life. You've got to guard what God has given you. Because the enemy, the enemy of your soul is doing everything he can to take away what God has given us. He's a thief. The devil is a thief. He's a liar. He's a destroyer. And that's what he does. He comes to steal, kill, and to destroy. And we got to be aware of the enemy's devices that's against us. And so in Hebrews 10, 23, it says, Let us hold fast. Notice that. Hold fast. The confession of our hope without wavering. For he who promised is faithful see see i see the the key component to our faith is hope hope is the earnest expectation of what we're believing god to do in our lives hope is that goal setter it's that vision it's that 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 strong belief that god's gonna you know bring you out of debt that God's gonna bring you out of sickness. That God's gonna bring you into that promised land. Yeah. Yeah. Am I preaching to anybody today? Yeah. And so and so we gotta we gotta uh uh hold fast to our confession. Notice it says our confession of hope. Are you talking to people and telling people what God has done in your life and what God is going to do in your life? Are you talking. Your your faith, uh, when, when you talk to people, are you telling them what God has delivered you from and what he's delivering you to? Glory to God. In Hebrews 10, 35 and 36, it says this is the second scripture that will keep our crown from being taken away. It says, therefore, do not cast away your confidence, which has great reward for you have need of endurance. So that after you have done the will of God, you may receive the promise. Notice here, he says here, hold fast to your confession. And he says here, do not cast away your confidence. And see, when you start losing confidence in your relationship with God, when you lose confidence in the promises of God's word, you your, your faith boat will start to sink. Can I get a witness in the house today? You, see, the enemy, he's after our hope, and, he, and if he can get your hope, you're going to lose your confidence in God. The only way you can get answered prayer is to believe that God hears you, and you're confident that He hears you. And if He hears you, you know that you have the petitions that you desire of Him. So we got to get co- look at your neighbor and say, Get confident. Glory to God. Get confident, hallelujah. Because the enemy's going to try to try to do some things. He's going to try to rock your boat of faith. He's going to try to get you looking at the wind and the waves and the storms of life. He's going he's going to make you think, "Look, you're not as far down the road as you think you should. Are you sure that God called you?" Sometimes I I ask myself that. I'm not as far. I thought I was going to be further down the road in faith. And I'm not as far as I thought I was. Uh, and then the enemy like, say, "You sure God called you? You know, does the devil ever ever ask you? Are you sure you're saved? Yes. You sure you got salvation? Look at you. You look look at what you did last week. You lost your temper. You 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 you, you, you cursed. You you allowed some curse words to come out. But listen, ju- just listen. You're not who who or what you you do. You who what God calls you to be. And God's called you to be new creations in Christ. I'm going to get it out. Amen. <laughs> Amen. So, so we, we hold on to our confession of hope, and we do not cast away our confidence. Confession of a good confession. Number two, if we're going to win our faith fights, we have to learn to make a good confession Amen. And and, and we have to learn to talk right. See, the devil's been around man for over 6,000 years. And through the years, the devil has gotten into man's vocabulary. And we don't say that, you know, a lot of times our vocabulary is opposite. And the world's vocabulary is normally negative and it's opposite of what the Christian should be saying. When we say it's good, the world says it's bad. (laughs) That's bad. When when we say it's holy, the world says that's wicked. And, you know, and the world, have you ever heard that before? And and they say wicked as in it's a good thing. You know, I remember I was was in the car with my sisters years ago, and there was lightning that we were, uh, there was a thunderstorm. We were headed to... Uh, Florida to visit some relatives. This was when I was young, and that lightning went, and my, my sister said, Wicked, you know? And I said, Wow, you know? And, and why, why? Because, because we, we tend to speak the, the way the world speaks, and we've got to be very careful. We're not saying the same slogans that the world says. Amen? We need to be speaking the Word of God. We need to confess a good confession in the many. In the presence of many witnesses, so so if we're going to win, we're going to have to confess right, talk right. Sometimes, sometimes you, ha- sometimes I re- have you repeat you know, the word of God when I have you confess it. Why do I do that? Why do I have you confess the word of God? Because it helps you get the word of God in your hearts. You see, Jesus said, "Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth leaks." Oh, I'm sorry. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. And so whatever you've been meditating on, whatever you've been thinking on, will get down into your heart, and when it gets down to your heart, you will start speaking it. You start focusing on how bad the economy is and you start thinking and watching the news, and people are getting laid off, and you, you start focusing on that, pretty soon you're going to start talking. it. You know, it's a bad economy. Well, it may be a bad economy in the world, but it's not a bad economy in the Christian world. Because our economy is not from the world, it's from heaven. And God can cause us to prosper even in the face of famine. Can I get a witness in the house today? God can give you a witty idea. He can increase you. He can bless you. Even He did that. He did that to the patriarchs. He, he did that to Isaac. He caused him to prosper, and he reaped one fold in that day when everybody else was in a famine. Look at your name and say, "God's causing you to prosper." Amen. God's causing you. To prosper. So, so so what do we do? We gotta keep get that word of God going from our head down to our heart. So if we're thinking the wrong things, the wrong things will come out of us. And that will bring either negative, or if we're thinking on good, it will bring good. I like this scripture in Psalms one, two, and three. It says, But delight yourself in the law of the Lord. And in his law you meditate on it day and night. And you shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that bring forth its fruit in its season, whose leaves shall not wither. And whatever you do, you shall... How many people want to prosper in the house today? How many people want to be prosperous people? I think you'd be crazy to say, I don't want to prosper. Amen. I think everybody, even even Spock on... on a trackie, I'm a trackie. Uh, live long and prosper. Did I get that right? Did I get that right? Anybody ever used to watch uh, Star Trek? Amen. And, you know, and he believed in prosperity. Glory to God. And I think he got it from the Bible. Amen. And uh, live long and prosper. Amen. How are we going to prosper? By meditating on that word of God. That word of God becoming real to us. And you whatever you meditate on, it's going to gravitate to you. Whatever you meditate on, think on and speak on, it, pretty soon it will gravitate to you. Glory to God. If you want prosperity, start looking up some prosperity scriptures. Yeah. It is God that will cause his people to prosper. He will add wealth to us and add no sorrow with it. Do you believe that today? God God delights to to prosper us. Beloved, I wish above all things you may prosper and be in health even as your soul prospers. What does that mean as your soul prospers? The only way... Your soul is going to prosper. For you to prosper on the outside, your soul has to prosper. You have to prosper on the inside first. And your soul is your mind, your will, and your emotions. And your mind is the major part. And when you meditate on the Word of God using your mind, you will start to prosper. Amen. I remember many years ago, I was, I've always wanted to be, you know, I've always had an uh, a desire to be successful and, 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 just, to, uh, and, and you know, just to be s- somebody that stands out, glory to God. And there were many years ago, and I was trying, trying to figure it out, and I wasn't really in the Word at that time. I didn't know anything about the Word. I, I don't even think I was saved at that time. And they, and they said, if you buy these tapes, and it had bluegrass music on it, and if you buy these tapes and you play them at night... And you let them play over and over again; it will make you successful. Wow! And and, and, and you know what? I hate bluegrass music. <laughs> I could only laugh. And I, and I garbage. It, it, and then, oh, you hear what I'm saying? Today? Uh, the bluegrass music. And it, it has sublimable messages inside that bluegrass music. <laughs> and I bought into it. <laughs> I bought into that bluegrass music, amen? But you know what? I, I don't think it did anything for me, amen? It didn't do anything until I started getting into the Word of God. Number two, we need to speak the Word of God in, or a positive confession that lines up with God's Word. And why do we do this? Because Jesus makes it good when we speak His Word. Why, why do I say that? In Hebrews three one, it says, Therefore, holy brethren, partakers of the heavenly calling, consider the Apostle and the High Priest of our confession, Christ Jesus. So we see here, number two, we, we speak, number one, we speak the Word of God to get it into our hearts, so that when we get in our hearts, we can speak faith. Number two, we speak the Word of God so that Jesus can take that Word of God and make it good in our lives. Jesus is the High Priest of our Confession. Glory to God. So, so we, 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 we speak God's word and Jesus makes it come to pass. We speak the good confession of the word of God. Also, number three, to put our angels to work. How does God get things done on the earth? A lot of people think, you know, they, they have a lot of ideas on how God gets things done on the earth. But he actually gets things done through two ways. Through his angels and through us. I'm going to say that again. God gets His Word through this into this earth through angelic angels. They're ministering spirits to help us, glory to God. Angels, and God gets His Word in this earth through us. Amen. Say, I'm a vessel, a vessel of God. And so God uses angels, and God uses people. Now, angels aren't allowed to preach the gospel. That's, that's, that's what we do. We preach the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. But I'm going to ask you a question to, to you today. Are you, are you getting your angels to work for you? Are you employing your angels? And the only way they can be employed is by you praying out scriptural yeah. prayers the Word of God, for your angels to be able to take those words and make it happen in your life. In Psalms 103.20, it says, Bless the Lord, you His angels, who excel in strength, who do His Word, heeding the voice of His Word. See, I love, what I love about God is, see, God wants to work through us. He wants, he, God wants to work through us, and He wants to pour His glory through us. When, when He called uh, Moses to set the children of Israel free, He gave Moses a, 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 a staff which would turn into a snake. Uh, this staff was, was, uh, was the, you could liken it to the Word of God. And, and so He used Moses to do all the ten plagues to get the children of Israel out. And remember that when, when Moses came to the Red Sea and the Egyptians were at his back and they were trying to you know, destroy Moses and the Israelites and, and Moses cried out to God and God said, you have a staff, use it. We need to quit quiet crying out to God and start using what God has given us. And he says, take that staff and put it over the water, and the water split, glory to God. And they were able to walk on dry ground. Hallelujah. And so we got to get a revelation of This God wants to use us. He wants to pour his glory through us. He wants to reveal, uh, you know, his blessings through us. Amen. He, he, he uses our bodies to get his covenant out in this earth. We at this life, is, you know, our life is connected not just to words. Our life are connected to thoughts and meditation on the word of God. I like what it says here in Romans 8, 10. It said, but what does it say? The word is near you and in your mouth and in your heart. That is the word of faith which we preach. Now, I'm going to say this to you today, that you are faith preachers. Can I get away? And I, that's a wedding? That's a, that's a weak amen. Amen. He's saying the word of God is near you. Say the word of God is near me. Is near me. And, in and in my mouth. Glory to God. And it's the word of faith which we preach. It's the glory, of faith which we preach. glory to God. So when you start speaking the word of God over your circumstances, you become a faith preacher. See, see, see. I'm preaching and I'm a preacher, glory to God, but you are also preachers too. See, you're preaching to somebody something. And mainly you're preaching to yourself most of the time. Can I get a witness in the house today? And you better start preaching to yourself. Amen. Because the enemy is going to do everything he can to knock you down a couple steps. And you're going to have to learn to preach to yourself. Smith Wigglesworth, I think, would, would look in the mirror and he would say, God lives big in you. And he, had, he got a revelation and he would say, I'm a thousand times bigger on the inside than I am on the outside. You're greater than you think you are. You have the Word of God working on the inside of you, causing you to overcome every circumstance, every situation. So the Word of God is near you and in your mouth and in your heart. The Word of God of faith, which we preach. Amen. That if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For the, for the with the heart one believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. This is a powerful scripture. This is a scripture on how we get saved. And it's, it's focused on believing on the Lord Jesus Christ and that he paid the price for our sins and that he was raised from the dead. How do we, how do we, that's just the, that's the, the most miraculous thing that we can receive is salvation, but we can receive everything else the same way. Believing in our heart and speaking with our mouths. We need to start speaking to our bank accounts. I'm speaking to the church's bank account. And I'm declaring millions of dollars in the church bank account. Amen. Uh, you need to speak to your bank account. I'm believing that God's going to bring millions of dollars into, amen, it's not over until it's over. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you today? We're still going. We're not going anywhere. We may move around different places. Greg said, hey, I finally found you. Greg Fulton back there. He said, man, I man, you moved. I said, yeah, we, we're the moving church. We're the church on the move. Glory to God. And we're going to be moving to a new place pretty soon. Greener pastors. Our own church building. Can somebody, can somebody say yes and amen? And I'm not discounting this place. This is great, hallelujah! But God has more. Look at your name and say, "God has more." God has more. Amen. So, so we we activate the Word of God uh, by by believing. The two components that causes things to happen in our lives. As I confess, I, I remember that before I went to Bible school, I I, I went through a divorce and and I, and I I, I was backslid in my walk and. And I went through a divorce, and I ended up living back with my mom and dad, and, uh, and I just got, I, what I got from the divorce was a bunch of bills and a broken down car. She took the new car and, and the dog. And it was like a country music song, glory to God. So she got the dog, she got the new car, the CRX, and I got the old broken down Honda Accord. And, um... And so, you know, and then I, you know, I, I started going to church and, and, and I started learning about the word of God. And then I found out that the word of God works. Yes, sir. And, and, the, and the pastor started preaching on miracles and healing and people were getting healed in our church. and People were getting delivered. I said, man, God's word works. This thing, this thing, and this is better than the bluegrass music that I used to listen to. <laughs> <laughs> and uh and and then I then my, my pastor would pray for people and people would get healed. And then I started doing that uh out there, you know, in the public, you know, with different people, and people would get healed when I prayed for them. And I said, Man, this thing really works. I remember I was sick one day and I was coughing and somebody else was sick. I said, Let me pray for you and he didn't want to touch me, you know. <laughs> And uh, it doesn't matter if you're dealing with something negative, you still can pray. It doesn't matter if you're dealing with poverty, you can still speak prosperity. It doesn't matter if you're dealing with sickness, you can still speak health. And eventually, it will come to pass. Can I get a witness in the house today? And I remember that I was at home, I was broke, I had a busted down car, and I started thinking, you know, and they had a little Bible school at our church, and I went to that little Bible school, and I got hungry for the Word of God. And I'm telling you, never lose your hunger for the Word of God. Always keep your hunger for the Word of God. Don't ever lose it. And, uh, and you've got to keep that hunger. Keep reading that Word. Keep feeding on the Word of God. That's your faith food. And I remember that as I was there, and I, and, and I would go to Bible, uh, it was like a little mini Bible school, and then they ended up closing it down because uh, for one reason or the other. And I decided that I wanted to go to Rhema Bible Training Center. It's called Rhema Bible College now. And I, didn't ha- I was broke. I was in debt. I was divorced. I didn't even know if they would, I would be even a good candidate to be a, Rhema, to be a Bible student. Amen? And I didn't even know if they would take me. But I kept saying, I'm going to Bible school. And I would start confessing, I'm going to Bible school. I didn't know how I was going to get there. And I'm, I'm going to be out in Bible school. And, you know, as I kept confessing and telling people that... Things seemed like it was like automatically working for my good. Things were working out. And all of a sudden, you know, I'm thinking, I'm going to Bible school. And I remember going to work one day and my car died on me. And it just would not start. And I and I remember crying, oh, God, how am I going to get to Bible school? You know, I was upset. My car died on me. And it was, you know, my car was two-toned, rust and gray. And, uh, and, and it had like over 200,000 miles on it. And it died on me. And I was crying that day. And, and the Lord I said, get up. You know, I mean, the, the, you know, gee, God is compassionate. Don't get me wrong. But, but, you know, come on, get up. Get out of this mess and this mire, amen. You can't stay in the, in, in the mully grubs. You can't stay in the negative depressed attitude. And so I remember that I had a poster of this convertible car on, on my wall. And it was a, it was a Mazda Miata convertible. I had it for years. I always wanted a sports car, and I felt led in my spirit, go buy that sports car. So I went, and I looked, and I bought it secondhand, and the guy took care of it. It was garage kept, beautiful, paid $10,000 for it, got a loan, got approved for a loan, and ended up getting that convertible Mazda Miata. What was God doing? He was setting me up to go to Bible school in style. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you today? He was setting me up to go to buy. I'm telling you what the enemy means for harm, God can turn for good. And I remember I had my Mazda Miata. Man, I felt, man, like a million dollars drawing interest. Man, I felt wonderful, amen, with that Mazda Miata. And that was my dream car, glory to God. See, God's not against our dreams. God's for your dreams, whatever you're believing God for. Does't He say abundantly above more than you can ask or think? according to the power that works within you. See that's connected to it. A lot of people don't get that last part. According to the power that works with, how much power is working in you? Well how much word is working in you? Am I preaching to somebody today? How much work? Because the, by the measure of the word is the measure of power working on the inside of you. The enemy's trying to pull the word out of us, and you've got to put the word in uh, in you. Amen. Amen. And I remember that I was sitting at Arby's, one of my favorite restaurants in, in that day. Not anymore. I was back in my, my 30s, and I could eat anything and not gain any weight. Now it's a whole different story. Amen. I'm just going to confess I have a high metabolism. Amen. And I was sitting at Arby's, and I was on my way to Ramah that year. And, and, and really, I'm thinking it's my idea. To, you know, this is my idea. I'm going to Ramah. I'm single. I might even meet Mrs. Lambert out there, glory to God. And so, and I was sitting at Arby's, and you know, God will speak to you, sometimes through Signs. And there was a slogan that they were having that year at Arby's. And that slogan was, Head West, Young Man. <laughs> and as I'm sitting in Arby's, eating my roast beast sandwich, glory to God, enjoying it, amen. I look up and see that sign. And it says, Head West, Young Man. And, and Oklahoma's west of us, by the way. <laughs> It's out west. Glory to God. And God was speaking to me through that sign that you are on the right track. When you're believing God and you're standing and you're confessing the word, God will confirm the word with signs following. Can I get a witness? And then I remember I was in a prayer meeting. This was before I got out to Ramah. And the lady that was there prayed over me and she says, you're about ready to step into it. Glory to God. I said, praise God. She didn't know that I was planning on going out to Bible school. And and so what am I saying? I I, I kept confessing it and believing it. Pretty soon a job opened up. Everything just seemed to fall in place. Are you hearing what I'm saying Jay? Why? Because when when God is in something, you are unstoppable. Look at your name and say, somebody stop me. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) Somebody stop me. <laughs> Amen. And so so how do we activate the word of God? We keep speaking the promises of God's word. I kept saying it over and over again. And and I and I ended up and so whatever you talk about long enough, it's going to manifest in your life. One of my favorite Bible scriptures and I'm closing out one of my favorite Bible scriptures is in Psalms 107, verse 2. Does anybody know what that says? It says, let the redeemed of the Lord say so, whom he has redeemed from the hand of the enemy. So, so you know, there's a popular song, let the Lord redeem the Lord, say so, say so. Does anybody remember that song? And so what is he saying? This scripture is saying, start confessing what Jesus has already done for you. The finished work of Jesus. Every spiritual promise is yes and amen. And we already have it. We just have to learn to receive it. Jesus already paid for your prosperity. He became poor. That through his poverty that you may become rich. He already paid for your healing. Through his stripes, you are healed. He already paid for your peace. You don't have to be in anxiety. You don't have to be in fear. Why? Because Jesus took upon himself all of the lowest human condition so that we could have all the highest form of God in our lives. Can I get a witness in the house today? I think I'm going to have to listen to this tape over again. Glory to God. (laughs) Amen. So, so this is the scripture. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. From whom he has redeemed from the hand of the earth. You need to start confessing what God has delivered you from. Amen. You need to start confessing to where you are going in Christ. Can I get a witness in the house today? You see, another, another scripture that I love about confessing the word of God, it's in Revelation 12, 11. I think I'm spraying it more than I'm saying it. But Revelation 12, 11. Amen. It says here, and they overcame him. Who, who him? The devil. They overcame him. Who? The enemy. They overcame him by the blood of the lamb and by the word of their testimony. And they did not love their lives to the death. So what he's saying here, he's saying that we overcome... By the blood of the Lamb. The blood of Jesus has been laid out on the mercy seat in heaven. Jesus presented His blood to the Father. And the Father received that blood for our atonement. And that blood speaks redemption. Forgiveness of sins. It speaks every promise. It backs every promise of the Word of God. So it it speaks forgiveness, redemption, and eternal life. The blood of Jesus is working for you today. The blood of Jesus is speaking better than the the blood of Abel. Abel's blood was retribution. But Jesus' blood is forgiveness, mercy, and love. We We need a... We need to stop speaking our feelings and start speaking faith-filled words. Feelings is the voice of our bodies. Feelings will try to express itself through words. We can't allow our feelings to control us and cause us to speak the wrong words. As I was driving back from Florida, we visited my, my, uh, my in-laws. And as we were driving back, uh, I was getting kind of achy. You know, my back, my lower back. Parts of my body. And I was about ready to say, I'm really, you can fill in the blanks. And that was one of my sayings I used to say all the time. I'm really hurting. I would say that all the time. And you know what? You got to be very careful in what you say. Because pretty soon that becomes a law in your life. And your words become a law. And then pretty soon not even God Almighty can turn it around. Why? Because you have put a law in motion. And you've said it so much, now that's your life. You're, you're not hurting, you're healed. You're not poor, you're prosperous. You're not sick, you're, you're delivered. You're not, you're not in bondage, you're free. You need to start confessing these things. Be careful with the voice of, of your body's glory to God. You know, there's a scripture that talks about, it says this, that we walk by faith and not by sight. Glory to God. And uh, it's in 2 Corinthians 5, 5 and 7. It says here, for we walk by faith and not by sight. See, as a Christian, uh, we don't walk by, by our six senses. You know, I'm, I'm sorry, our five senses. We walk by the sixth sense faith. And so, and so we got to be very careful. That's why Paul, he didn't allow the natural circumstances to control his attitude. He, he, Paul, Paul said, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. What he meant by that is he can endure all things. doesn't matter what's coming down the pike. Amen? I like what it says in Romans 1.17. For in righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith, it is written, the just Shall live by faith. I want to say this to you today. We're not supposed to be going from, from valley to mountaintop to mountaintop to valley. We're supposed to be going from faith to faith, from glory to glory. Are you here when I say today? You don't have to have down days. You don't have to have blue Mondays. You don't have to have you know you don't have to have any depression in your life. Amen. Why? Because God has already paid every good price for you. Amen. It, it, we, we, need to, we need to be focused on it. I remember that I was going to say that I'm hurting. I didn't, I didn't say that on the trip. I didn't say anything. And I noticed that when I didn't focus on the pain, the pain left. Oh, this is something powerful. When you don't focus on what the devil's doing in your life. See, the devil wants attention. And if he can get you focused on what he's doing, how he's doing it, then he's he, he's got your attention. He has your focus, and you're losing focus of the Word of God. Are oh, you hear what I'm saying to you today? Uh, Abraham, uh, he 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 had uh, he he was focused at the beginning. He, he the Bible says he was not focused on the deadness of Sarah's womb. He was not focused on his age, but he was focused on the promise of God. See, God came to Abraham. And before his name was Abraham, his name was Abram. And God came to Abram, and this was before he had the promised child Isaac, which means laughter. And I'm telling you, pretty soon, you're going to see the blessing in your life, and you're going to be laughing. But I'm going to say this, you should start laughing before you see it. And if you start laughing before you see it, you will see it. Even even Job says, laugh in the face of famine. And so uh, so God changed Abram's name to Abraham meaning father of many nations. And so God God had him change his name. Why? Every time people would talk to him say, and they they'd say okay Abraham, he, he, he. Father of many nations. It, 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 what it did, it, it got into him. He started building faith in him. And pretty soon he had the promised child, Isaac. And now he, now he has multiple millions of people in his family. That's including us. And that's Father Abraham. Listen, listen, let me say this to you today. Your tongue is likened to a rudder of a ship. Amen. And you, your life could be going in a certain direction. James talks about this, about our words, and and, and, and it could be going in a wrong direction, and you're going to have to start speaking, and the ship, it's going to take time for that ship to turn. And if you've been going in a certain direction all your life, you've been broke, busted, and disgusted, you never can seem to pay your bills, and you keep speaking those things, it's going to take time for you to turn the ship. And as you start speaking the Word of God, it may not happen The first day you speak it. It may not happen the second day you speak it. But you keep speaking the promise that I've heard. Pretty soon the ship's going to start turning. The ship's going to start turning. Pretty soon your life is going to be going from going down. It'll be going up. Pretty soon your life is not going to be looked. It's not going to be broken and busted. It's going to be blessed and triumphant. And as we, as we start speaking the word of God and, and we, we confess it, then, then we will see the promise of God. Uh, you know, Paul, at the end of his life, he said, I have fought the good fight. I have finished my course. Laid up for me is a crown of righteousness. Not only for me, but for those who believe in, in Jesus' coming. And I'm going to say this, that we are all headed towards that faithful day. And our final word should be, I have fought the good fight. I have finished my course. And I'm going to say this to you today. You will finish your course. Because God is faithful. And He will watch over you. And He will help you as long as you keep staying in Christ. And you will see the, the, the redemption of the Lord Not only in your lives, but in your family's lives as you keep speaking the promises of God's word. Did you receive it today? Let's bow our heads in prayer. Father, I just thank you for your mercies and your goodness and your love. And Father, I thank you, Lord God, that our ship, if it's been going the wrong way, it's turning, Lord. And I thank you, Lord God, that our lives are turning. No matter what area that the enemy may have gotten into into our lives, we thank you that those areas are being turned too good for your glory. Father, I thank you for those that are here in the audience, those that are watching and listening. And perhaps your life is not exactly where you need it to be. Perhaps it's not going in the direction that you want it to go. Well, today the Bible says is a day of salvation. You you may not if you've never received Jesus, your life is definitely not going in the right direction. And so I want to encourage you to receive Jesus today. Just say this and mean it in your heart. Say, dear God, I believe, Jesus, you died on the cross for my sins. I believe you were raised from the dead for my justification. Today, I receive you as my Lord and Savior. Thank you for saving me. And Heavenly Father, fill me with your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen.